Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com slash build. That's Chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Welcome to Financials Podcast Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner, which I'm sure most of you know by now. And I am here with my guest. I realized I just didn't, I didn't ask your, what your fake name is going to be, but I think it's Eloise based on the, what I'm seeing on the screen. Is that right? Eloise, yes. Okay, good. I normally ask that right out of the gate, and I'm sorry, I forgot to ask what your fake name is. Uh, So Eloise, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm 24 years old. I live in the Portland metro area. I'm a schooler. Um, yeah. I think you're our first person from Portland. Really? Yeah, it's it's an interesting place. And like right now, things are, there's like a lot going on. Like we're like, Portland is on fire, literally and figuratively. So yeah, what is it like being there right now? Um, It's a lot better. We had some rain like a couple of days ago and it's just completely cleared up the smoke, but the smoke was brutal. Like I was not able to leave my house and yeah, couldn't go for walks. Like couldn't do anything outside. Um, and it's crazy how far it traveled. I can't even imagine how dense it was there because I have been spending time in Salt Lake city. And so we get a lot of the smoke from the West, which I didn't know that prior to living in Salt Lake city. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it was pretty bad where we were for a bit. It, you know, comes and goes with the weather patterns. But, yeah, it must have been terrible out there. Yeah, it was, I mean, like the worst air quality in the world and, like, off the charts, like, literally could not measure how terrible the air quality was um, because it was just, like, straight smoke. And, like, our apartment, I'm, like, dreading my electric bill next month because we just, like, had – I have a roommate and we just had, like, our fans on, like – constantly just like trying to keep all the air circulating um which I don't even know if that's the right thing to do there was so much conflicting information about how to handle the smoke and like what to do in your house um but overall I mean we we made it and we're really thankful you know that we're safe and you know really upset about all the people who like lost their homes and um you know we just got smoke but like I can't imagine what it was like actually having to evacuate yeah no I can't I can't either and the fires were moving Oh, gosh, they're moving so fast. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that your apartment and you and your roommate are safe um, and that the smoke is cleared. Yeah. So you're in Portland and you're 24, you said? Yes. Okay, cool. And then what do you do for work and like what you're living with a roommate? I, I feel like you're a good follow up to our, our last pod. So maybe give us a little detail on that. Yeah, I um, am a social worker at a nonprofit um, 
and my salary is $60,060 a year currently. Um, okay. I do have a roommate. I'm also engaged, but my fiance and I don't live together. Um, that's just a value that we don't have. Um, and we both come from more like conservative Christian families that would not be in support of that. So we're just like, out of respect of our families, we're not going to live together. And my roommate is like one of my best friends and I'm super thankful to be able to live with her. Um, and she's in grad school right now. So it's a good living situation for both of us. Oh, that's awesome. And so then I feel like for a social worker with nonprofit, that's a very good salary because sometimes, I mean, I'm not sure exact. I'm not that familiar with the cost of living in Portland, but are you comfortable? Like, what are you bringing home? Or do you have a retirement savings with them? What's your rent? Yeah. So, I mean, the I'm not happy at my current job, like just because okay. of management and I'm actually looking for other jobs, but that has been, I've been looking for another job for a year and like the hang up is always salary. Um, because my salary is amazing. Yeah, for nonprofit, for those for social workers and nonprofit, they te- the te- salaries tend to be quite low. Yeah, I I mean I have a master's in social work, so that helps. Um, mm-hmm. But so like I do get paid a little bit more than like the average person at my company because there's not a lot of people with masters. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I don't know how they can afford it. Literally, like I have. Um, a couple of outside supervisors who don't work where I work and they're like I don't know how they can afford you like I don't know how they can afford to pay you so well so I couldn't tell you but um, I'm really thankful especially given like our contracts like I know how much we make per contract and I know how much other nonprofits make per contract and I know how much more I get paid even though our contract pays less so I don't know where they make up that money but and I have amazing benefits too so oh that's fantastic but but you don't like it yeah the management is terrible (laughs) oh no that's a bummer because yeah to get paid well and have good benefits but the key is you have to like it too right you don't want to be in a job that you hate yeah and there's like no room for growth at least okay. from like my standpoint. And that's like part of why I'm looking for other jobs. I actually had two interviews already this week. Um, oh, nice. I have like at least one follow-up next week, but I'm really hoping for another one. Um, and like really in social work, the only way to make more money than I am right now is to like move to either like an administrative role, which I'm not ready to do, or okay. a medical social worker, which I'm, you know, currently in a nonprofit. So we're not medical. Um, right. Yeah, so I'm looking for like a medical position, but they only will hire you if you have medical experience, which like I'm like, how am I supposed to get it? The chicken and the egg, like which one comes first, right? Like they want it, but nobody will give it to you. Exactly, exactly. So I'm hoping to get a medical position. I've um, finally convinced people to interview me for them after literally a year of like wanting to make this transition. So, well, fingers crossed. Well, give me a little bit of a breakdown on your. Uh, financial situation as it is now because it can always adjust if you get a new job. Totally. Yeah. So currently I bring home $1,715 per paycheck and I get paid twice a month. So like on the 15th and then the last day of the month. Okay. And then I also make, um, because I'm a community-based social worker, I'm driving a ton and I have like a lot of mileage every month. Um, so I bring home usually $500 a month in mileage. Some, I mean, it varies. Wow. Yeah. So it's a good chunk of change. Yeah. But you're also putting all of that on your car. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> um, okay, great. And then what is it? So how much is your rent then? 
Yeah. Oh, I also wanted to add with my direct deposit that seventeen fifteen is after my Roth four hundred three b contribution and my oh, great. insurance. So dental gets taken out once a month, um, but it's taken out with the mileage paycheck, so I never notice it. So perfect. And then what are you putting into your Roth? Um, I do five percent, and they match five percent. Oh wow, you do have good benefits. Yeah, I know, and I like literally all I have to pay for insurance is dental. We have like life insurance that's like equivalent to what your salary is. We have short-term, long-term disability. Like the benefits are really good. <laughs> it's hard wow. thinking about moving to another job because I'm like worried I'm gonna have to like give up some of those benefits. <laughs> so when are they matching you? Are they putting the match in as traditional 403b, like pre-tax? Good question. I don't know the answer to that. I think that the companies usually when they contribute, they do pre-tax. That's fine. They're still matching you 5% of your salary. So I would just check it. When you look at your 403B statement, they should have a breakdown of like pre-tax, post-tax. You never know. They seem like a very generous employer. So maybe, but, but usually they do it pre-tax so that they get the break as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, I would check that, but that's great. So that is your 1750 uh, twice a month paycheck is after kind of those expenses, the retirement and so forth. Yeah. So my rent is pretty low too. It's $650 a month because I split it with my roommate and I actually pay more than her because she's in grad school. So I was like, oh, I'll take the bigger bedroom and like I'll pay more. Um, so like, it's really good too. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah. So, and then do you have any student loan debt? Oh, I do. Oh yeah. Okay. I know you said you had a master's. Yeah. Um, I have some for my bachelor's and my master's cause like I'm pretty young and I, I finished my master's when I was 22 so oh, wow. I like powered through, I did undergrad in three years and then I did my master's in a year and a half because social work, if you have a bachelor's in social work, you tend to like have advanced standing and they'll like push you through the program faster. Um, wow. So you did all of that super fast, like in four and a half years. Yeah. And so, but it was nice cause I'm like, Oh, 22 starting my career. And like, I know where I'm going. Um, but I know like Absolutely. not everyone is that decisive. So <laughs> congratulations that's awesome thank you yeah I do have student loans I just pulled it up I have 38,000 left from my master's and then I started with like I think yeah like 50 50,000 from my master's so I've paid down 12,000 from that but I haven't paid anything from my undergrad because the interest rates are a lot lower and they're federal okay Um, which actually they were all federal and then in March, I refinanced my graduate ones and then student, like the forbearance happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? I was so upset with myself. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Because once you refinance them, now they're private. Yeah. That's okay. In hindsight's twenty twenty. you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's kept me really disciplined because like I've continued to pay on them throughout the pandemic and like, I, I didn't need that money anyway. Like I, I can put it towards my loans. <laughs> Yeah, because I was going to say with your rent being six fifty, so I mean your your rent is really low. You're already contributing to the four hundred three b with that, and the match makes it even better because now you're at a ten percent savings ratio, right? Without you having to chip in only fifty percent to that. So you, depending on what your other expenses are, you could throw a lot at the student loans. Yeah, well, I mean the other piece of that, like I mentioned, um, we're like in the process of buying a home, so. I actually was really aggressively paying off my loans. And then once my fiance like was like, oh, we should buy a house. I stopped paying as much and I'm just like paying the minimum. Um, I'm on like a 10 year repayment for my 
private loans and then I haven't been paying anything for my federal. Okay. So I've been like saving for a house. So I'm really just like putting a lot of money in savings right now. Okay, cool. So um, what is the plan with, with the home purchase and um, when are you thinking about doing that? Yeah. So we actually are under contract already. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, I started like putting money in savings last year just because I wanted a an emergency fund. And then I had probably like $8,000 already when he was like, let's buy a house. <laughs> so then it's just been like being more aggressive about it. I think I'm like at 13, 14,000 now um, in savings, but we are under contract for a new construction. So it won't be done until February and we're getting married in March. Um, so it's perfect timing for us. Yeah. So you're, there's going to be a gap between when this airs and the last podcast, but our most recent one out as of this recording was a round table on how you split your finances with your partner. So what, how are you doing the home purchase? What are you thinking for what, you know, going forward when you move in together? Is he, is he coming into the marriage with student loans as well? Like what is your plan? Have you, have you sat down and talked about it? Yeah, we're like very open about our finances. Um, like literally from our first date, I think we talked about not like our own finances, but just like personal finance in general and how important that is to us. So he actually currently lives with his parents and he was doing that. Part of it is he's from, he's an immigrant. So he's from another culture where like, that's more of what you do. You just live with your parents till you get married. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was also like saving a lot of money. He pays them rent. He pays $600 a month in rent, but he makes like $20,000 more than me or 25 to 30,000. He's hourly. He's a nurse. So, oh, so he's been sacking away money then. Yeah, well, he paid off his student loans and that's when we decided we're buying a house because he was like, Perfect. now I have all this money and I don't know what to do with it. Let's buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a great time to buy a house because, I, and I don't know with new construction if you're able to lock in your interest rate or not. I don't know if they're going to let you hold it that long. Potentially could, but we decided not to because we're just hoping that they stay low. Yeah, they'll definitely stay low at 50 basis points different or something. I don't think there's going to be a huge difference between now and then. And they're historically low rates, so it's fantastic. Okay, so he has all of his loans paid off. That's great. And then what are you doing with like the down payment and that sort of thing? Are you guys doing it 50-50 or did you come up with a plan? Um, We kind of have a plan. We're, we're planning on combining our finances in January in anticipation of the house. Okay. Basically, our plan right now is... I have 13000 saved. He only has 10000 because he paid the earnest money already. And okay. he just paid for a honeymoon. And I was like, I can pay for my half. And he was like, no, I'll pay for it. Nice. I know. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm lucky. But it's, he's like, it doesn't matter because we're going to combine our finances. Basically, that's like his his perspective is, why would you pay me your half of the honeymoon when we're combining our finances anyway? It's not going to matter. Um, so that's like for, for our savings, at least to combine those for the down payment. We, we got the house for 404,000 and we're like thankful we locked it in. We just went under contract a month and a half ago. Oh, wow. Since it's new construction, they actually just started the foundation and we're in the process of like, we have a meeting with them to pick out our colors and that's like super exciting. Yeah. So with the down payment, sorry, I'm like rabbit trailing, but yeah, no, I was going to say, so, okay, so it's, you're under contract, it's 404000 he put down the earnest money, so for our listeners, that's basically also known as good faith, meaning that you're going to honor the contract, they usually make you put down a percentage of the down payment, or sometimes it's just a, like a thousand dollars, it just depends on the state and how they do it, and then, so what kind of mortgage are you doing 
because it doesn't sound like you have enough saved up for 20% down. So you, oh, no. what are you thinking? Yeah, we're, we, we're approved for a conventional 30-year. Okay. What we're doing, and we are paying, like, 5% down, basically. 5% yeah, okay. so it ends up being like just like twenty thousand and two hundred dollars or something. Right, and then what about the closing costs? I don't know what they run out there. Yeah, so our realtor said to expect to pay eight thousand in closing, but we had the construction because it's new construction. We were able to negotiate for them to pay four thousand, and we're going to pay four thousand. So they're basically paying half. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so then you guys just need to have a little bit more saved up. But you have time, right? Because it won't it won't happen until next year. Yeah, my my fiance is saving like three thousand dollars a month right now, so <laughs> I am not really worried about us with like in five five months not having the money. And then I've been saving like closer to a thousand, but starting last month, I was able to put away like two thousand. Fantastic. Yeah, because I cut a lot of expenses. <laughs> it's always good to negotiate. I love when people negotiate that you got half the closing cost covered, but then you do it definitely. And I'm sure you've, when you've heard on the pod, you definitely want to have an emerge, a good emergency fund and it's new construction. So there should ideally have less issues initially, right? Because it's everything should be brand new, the hot water heater, the roof, yeah. the plumbing, you should have a lot less issues, but it's always good just to have a solid emergency fund when you own a property. Yeah, that was like my biggest hesitation about buying a house. And we weren't even going to start looking until December. It was just like, we were anxious about like the market being the way it was. Um, and it worked out to get new construction. But that was my hesitation was just like, I'm using my emergency fund as a house down payment. But <laughs> we did all the math. Um, we were going to end up I mean, like, now that we've paid for the honeymoon, honeymoon already, we we're going to have like our projected savings number is going to be about 7,000 extra after closing costs and after knowing we're going to spend about $5,000 furnishing the house. Because mm -hmm. we do, I, mean, I already have a lot of furniture, but there's like, we're going to have to buy a fridge and a washer and dryer. So we know that that's coming. So many things. Yeah. So many things. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like really overwhelming. And just like thinking about like, we have to pay for an inspection and a sewer scope and like stuff like that. They, I was like, I didn't even know what that was three months ago, but... <laughs> Yep, they like to take a video camera down the sewer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's bizarre. So um. there's lots of stuff. So I know. I think that's good. I think five thousand is good that you have money set aside to furnish it. Because I think people, and I've said this on the podcast, you forget like you need all the things. Like you need pot holders and pots and like exactly curtains and all you know. All those things. And like some of it, obviously some of it can wait, right? Like you don't have to have everything done right away, but there is a lot of stuff for a house. Um, and so, and I think having 7,000 as an emergency fund after is great because then if anything comes up, you have the cash to take care of it and you're still both working. So you can always add to that too. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. Um, and then like for our future finances, which I'd love to do a follow-up and talk about if this is actually what's happening, but our, for our finances is he makes, he takes home about $5,000 a month, like after his retirement contributions and all of that stuff, like his take-home pay is around 5,000. So we're hoping to like live off of his income because I feel like that's a really reasonable income. To live off. Yeah. Because um, our payment for our house is supposed to be around $2,300 after like 
taxes, insurance with the other one. And well, you have taxes, insurance, and then your uh, your principal and interest payment, your mortgage payment. Yeah, the mortgage payment. Yes. So yeah, and then, and then you might have PMI, primary mortgage insurance. Yeah, that's after PMI too. Um, okay. Which I think our mortgage lender quoted us like way higher than what we're actually going to have to pay for that based on like some of the calculations that I've done, but we're playing, like, we're just working off of the number he gave us and then we're hoping Perfect. that it's actually going to be less than that. <laughs> yeah. So then after you pay, so the housing costs, if you think if you were splitting it, your house, you're, you, you're both used to paying like the 600 a month, which is 1200. So this is an extra thousand. Yeah. But you're also not going to have to be saving as much for all the house. You know, he's obviously saving a ton of money out of his income right now. So that they, you know, the 3000 a month, I think you could live on the 5,000. So then after let's say utilities and everything, you have like 2,400 or so a month to live on between the two of you. Yeah. And to me, that feels really reasonable, but like, who knows what's going to pop up. But then like (laughs) my income, like worst comes to worst, we use my income. Like that's not terrible, but the goal would be, he really wants me to pay off my student loans. Um, I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So the goal would be like my income, I would put a thousand dollars in savings a month because I'm not comfortable with just having a $7,000 emergency fund. Um, and then the rest of it would go towards my student loans. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Cause it, yeah, it would be great if you got rid of the student loans. So it's, you have 38,000 for the masters and I don't know how much you said for the undergrad. I have 18,000 from undergrad. the lowest interest rate possible so they're like 2.5 or something oh that's I don't even think I've seen those before that's fantastic um okay so that's your total so let's see how long if you really focused on it so it's 56,000 and if you're setting aside your pay so you bring in let's just say what 3,400 a month yeah around that so you're thinking like 2,000 towards the student loans and let's just say a thousand in saving and we'll just say the other 400 goes for you know, a little expenses. Mm-hmm. So then in 24 months at 2000, that's 48,000. So you'll be, you'll be able to do it in just over two years. Yeah. If, if that works out. Yeah. That sounds great. And then like anytime we have a windfall, like that'll just go towards my student loans. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. God. Cause then you could really get them knocked out when you're young, you know? Yeah. That, that would be the dream. Like he is a little bit older than me. He's 29 and he paid okay. his 65,000. He had 65,000 as well, which is what I started. I started with like 68,000. He paid off his 65 in like less than two years. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. He's very disciplined. Yeah. It sounds like. Yeah. So I think like we'll motivate each other to like stay on track. Cause like, I think now that he's doesn't have that, he definitely like is spending a little bit more and I'm the budgeter and he does not budget, but he's just like disciplined in all of the other areas. So yeah, it sounds like it. If he got all that paid off and already has money saved for a house, he already paid off the honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then once you get that done, then you could up your retirement and he could potentially up his retirement, you know? Yeah. Do you know, do you know what he's putting towards that retirement? I believe he said he's at like 12%. Right. What a feeling he would be high. <laughs> yeah, well he just upped it. He was only doing like I think four percent to get his um the yeah. hospital he works at pays four percent um or matches four percent. So he's doing four percent and then when he paid off his loans he upped it to twelve percent. Perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, so you could focus because you're currently with your current situation, you're already at ten percent, he's at twelve, which is great. And then if you focus on paying off the student loans, then after that you could bump yours up to even 10 or 15, depending on where you are, what we get with match, and he could up his to 15, 
right? Yeah. And then you'll still have more money as a whole because you won't have the loan payment. Right. And now you've increased. You, this is I, this. You're making me very happy because <laughs> you're gonna have already bought a home. You're both going to be, you're already both contributing to retirement. We're going to knock off all the student loans. And then from there, I think you can even up your retirement. So before you're 30, you could even have a higher contribution rate, get to 15. Yeah, that would be amazing. Like 15 is definitely the goal. Um, I'm like a Dave Ramsey kid. Like my parents, <laughs> they love Dave Ramsey and they like, I, they didn't like follow him, like him traditionally, I guess. Like they had credit cards, but they paid them off every month. And, but like my parents also never contributed to retirement. <laughs> So, and that's, I guess the other piece to my, my parents are fine because they've done real estate investing for a long time. So they have kind of the, you know, a lot of equity in real estate. So like they make a lot of rental income. Um, so that's what they've always said. Like that's our retirement. And my mom does have a pension because she's worked for, um, the school district. Like she was a teacher. So they're fine. But my partner's parents, like I said, his family immigrated from, another country, like when he was a baby and they have had a lot of issues with just like they, his mom has a master's degree, but it didn't transfer over to the U S. So now she's just like in this very low paying job. And so I know that like his, his rent is actually like a big chunk of what they, you know, have every month. So I'm not sure financially, like what we're going to have to do to support them. Yeah. And that's something to definitely sit down and talk about with him because maybe he is still going to want to pay them money monthly or maybe if that's what they were using to get by now and they don't have that then maybe they're not saving for the future so then maybe down the road they need more help if they want to stop working and that's definitely I think more common with uh with immigrant families from what I've seen I'm second generation so I'm like one generation removed but mm-hmm. I think the way I've structured things with my parents is definitely different than people who don't have that immigrant mentality so much like and I don't have it but my dad came from it you know yeah so there's a little bit more I think of an expectation that like we helped you you help us right right (laughs) so yeah and well the other piece of that is like so his dad is um disabled and oh no he's so he's not working so that's why you know my partner is having to support his parents Mm -hmm. more because his dad is on disability um they they did get like citizenship before my partner turned 18. So like they're all citizens and they've paid into social security. So like he did Good, okay. social security, which is nice. But yeah, just, I mean, they have a mortgage and I would hate for them to like have to give up their house just because he moves out. Yeah. So that, I think that's a good thing to kind of sit down and talk about and just say, you know, if his parents need the money, then maybe that's something he's comfortable still, you know, giving, paying towards his parents, right? You know, every month just giving them essentially rent or or chipping in to help them out. Yeah. Cause I, the way I looked at it and I don't know his exact situation, but you know, my parents raised me and made sacrifices and sent me to college. So if they need help now, I'm happy to help, you know? Right. So, but it, since you're going to be combining finances and, and looking at everything from a team, maybe it's good to sit down and, and talk that out with him. So he probably will need to sit down and talk to his parents about it and see if they still need the money or, Maybe if it's something you plan for down the road that you might need to help them in the future, and that's kept kind of in the back of your mind when you're doing your own planning. I think that's very wise of you to have that as a consideration, recognizing that they need the help and they might continue to need the help. And so I would just kind of work that into your own plans. Yeah, thanks. And I mean, 
I guess the other piece is he does have a sister who is a very high earner and is married to a very high earner. Um, and so part of like, I'm trying to stay out of the family drama, but I have a lot of thoughts and opinions. <laughs> well, cause I, the, my gut instinct there is if the parents need 600 a month to get by, then maybe, Hey, he can split it with his sister if she can also afford it. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking too. I mean, I do know she has student loans that she's like trying to pay off as well. Um, I could say she is a doctor and her husband is also a doctor. So they like do bring in a lot, but they do have significant debt, but they also use his parents. They have children and they use his parents for childcare and they don't pay for that at all. So we're kind of like, well, what if they pay for childcare now? Um, yeah. So you are just, <laughs> yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. Cause I always feel like in our family and every, every family is different, but you know, I bought the business from my dad and I paid a very, 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 more than reasonable price with a decent interest rate and people are like oh your dad just didn't give it to you and I'm like no we don't give anything in our family like you value people's time and hard work and you pay for things like I have no problem paying my parents for things like you know that's a value that's a service and uh, you know other families don't do that right the, the parents help out for free and they're just happy to do it but it just de- it depends on the fam- family dynamic and I think where you're going is great but I would maybe sit down and, and talk about it with your fiance and just say, yeah, this is kind of what I'm thinking. But I think, I think it's unbelievably considerate of you to take all of that into consideration, right? As like what his parents' needs are going to be and how that might affect your budget and your saving goals. Because I think that's the right thing to do. I think it's a personal opinion, right? Because everyone does this stuff differently. But, you know, I think that parents sometimes give a lot to their children and put their children first. And then, you know, they get older and into retirement age and they haven't really provided for themselves enough, you know? Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, I totally agree. And I I guess part of it is because he lives with his parents, I've spent a lot of time with them and I know their family dynamics really well. And I'm super grateful for his like family because my family, I live really far away from them. Um, my family's amazing and super supportive as well, but just like having his family close by is like so meaningful to me. And I do, you know, want his parents to be successful and like be able to, you know, retire comfortably and not like feel that financial burden when, like when he moves out, I guess, um, and continue to build that relationship with them. Yeah. And, and so the thing is, I think what I would do is I would sit down with your fiance and, you know, tell him what your concerns are and see, you know, how he wants to address it with his parents and his sister. Um, and, you know, maybe he does a meeting, you do a sit down, the two of you do a sit down with his sister and her spouse and say, like, here are the concerns with the parents. Like, this is what we're thinking. Like, what do you think? And And always remember, people have different opinions on this, right? Like, they might not be on board, they might be on board. So, I think that the two of you need to do whatever you think is best that you're comfortable with and that you can kind of wake up and be happy with, you know, because you always have to look yourself in the mirror every day. Right. So you always want to feel comfortable with whatever your decision is. And I wouldn't let anyone else impact that. So if they're not on board, but you still think it's important, I would still do it then. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's a great, a great approach. Um, His sister actually tried to like, strong arm us into like not getting a house because she she wanted them to keep the rent yeah well his parents offered to let us move in when we get married and I was like um absolutely not like that might be okay in your culture but it's not okay in my culture (laughs) 
Yeah, I, just from what you're saying, she might not be on board with it. You know, if they haven't offered to pay the parents already for the childcare and they're struggling a bit, it might not be something as obvious or as important to the sister. You know, I don't know. I haven't met her. But I think it's a great idea. I would do it for my parents. So... Yeah, I, I would sit down and, and talk to your fiance about it, because even though, you know, I'm a financial planner, I really believe, you know, money comes and goes. Right. right. And so you don't want to you don't want to put yourself at a disservice. You don't want to be in debt or be underwater. But if you can swing the extra 500 a month and it will make a huge difference for somebody else in your family, that to me makes total sense. So, yeah, I would talk it over. But I think you're on the right path there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that advice because I think we just like keep talking about it between the two of us, but it never comes to fruition. And I think he's kind of like, we'll just wait and see what happens. But I would much rather have a plan because Mm -hmm. to budget and I like to know, you know. Absolutely. Well, this this has been super interesting. And it's interesting also because it's a little bit different than what we did with the with the roundtable. We were all, I think, on the roundtable kind of splitting things almost 50 50 for the most part it felt like yeah and it seems like you're going to do it a little differently you you throw whatever you make into the pot and then the pot is community property if you will so yeah we definitely have you back on when we do a round table and then for all of our lovely listeners you can follow us on instagram at financial that is our most up-to-date information and you can check out our online classes which are in partnership with suny ulster at www.planancial.com Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.